Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Now we're going to continue in our series this evening called Do Not Quench the Spirit. And we're in part 12. And uh, I just want to read a couple of scriptures that the Lord uh, has given us concerning this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 through 21, we are told, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good. And uh, we're looking at this, uh, the gifts of the spirit. We spent a lot of time talking about the body, the importance of the body, being joined to the body, the importance of not seeing yourself as nothing in the body or seeing yourself as everything in the body. You know, sometimes people have that complex, you know. It's either one, usually you find it's one way or the other. It's, it's rare that it's in the middle, but how many you know mature people are balanced and they're in the middle, right? They're, they're, uh, and there's only one way for that to happen. Do you know what that is? Do you know how you get mature? You grow up. That's a deep thought, isn't it? <laughs> if you read through the scripture, in fact, I was reading through... Uh, a passage this morning, and I was looking at a few things in the scripture, and I noticed uh, that Paul told the Corinthians that they needed to grow up. He said this, no longer be children in your thinking. Then he said, but be mature. You know what, that, you know what he was telling them? Grow up. Peter said this, he said, you're supposed to desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. Do you know why some Christians are uh, so up and down? They, got, they have fed on nothing but ideas, philosophies. They live by their emotion. They haven't fed on the word. How many, how many of you enjoy good teaching of the word? Just, just, it's like eating a steak. Or if you don't like that, it's like eating chicken. If you don't like that, it's like eating fish. If you don't like that, it's like eating turkey. If you don't like meat, it's like eating vegetables. Are you at me kind of questioningly, like, could that be? That just means you ain't. In other words, <laughs> in other you words, can actually read yourself spirit. so full of the word. Sometimes have people say, "Well, how do you know that?" Well, have you ever gotten really full of a TV series? It's all you're thinking about. You're, you're, you're anticipating it when you get out of work. You're, come on. For some of the guys, a video game maybe. The younger guys. The older guys, I don't know what you did. Did you play tic-tac-toe or I don't know. Anyway, I better leave that one alone. Move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can actually feed... You, you, how many have noticed this in the natural? You can actually develop a, a taste for something and a hunger for it. Well, it's the same with the Word. If you feed on the Word enough, you'll get addicted. You know, when I was first saved, I heard you're supposed to read the Word, so I just started reading it. And I, and I didn't really understand the Old Testament, so I read a lot in the New Testament. And I spent a lot of time in the Gospels because I didn't understand the epistles. And Acts was entertaining as well, because a lot was going on in a short amount of time. You know what I mean? It held my attention, <laughs> right? So if you don't like any of the Gospels and you want the story to move fast, read Mark. I'm telling you, 
He's going to go bam, 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 bam. You're going to see one miracle after another. Jesus is going to be through his growth stage quick. If you're more of a detailed person, read Luke. If you need to be squishy all the time, read John. If you like lineages, you know, who begat, who begat, who, read Matthew. (laughs) All right? He was good with numbers. (laughs) All right? But you can feed on the word, and it actually, you'll get, you'll feel faith rise in you. You know, you can actually be healed without trying if you just read the word enough. (laughs) I've done it. Had stuff going in my body, going on in my body, and you don't feel like doing anything, but you can sit there. So just read. Turn the TV off, turn the radio off. Your body and your mind will freak out for about 30 or 40 minutes, but eventually it'll shut up. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? Okay. You ever notice that when you go to get quiet, you think of everything that you forgot of for the last whatever? You forgot all this stuff that you had to do, and all of a sudden it all came to your mind as soon as you decided you were going to pray for 15 minutes. <laughs> you got to get yourself out of the natural into the spirit, but once you're in the spirit, you'll be fine. And people think, oh, I was over in the spirit. How do I know when I'm in the spirit when I see angels in an open vision? No, no, no. No, you'll know you're in the spirit because you'll, be, you'll have your mind set on spiritual things. Technically, you're already in the spirit. It's just your mind's not set there. And whether you see anything or not, don't worry about that. I mean, we don't chase experiences. We believe them. We believe in them. But we don't chase them. We go after God, and God decides what experiences we have. Amen? And uh, what I've found through, as far as my life is concerned, maybe it's different for you, I don't know, but usually I find this as the case with most people that have walked with the Lord for a while, is that... um, the longer they walk with the Lord, the more experiences are available, and they're, they're, uh, but they don't hold as much weight as your relationship with the Lord. So the more I pray in the Spirit, pray in other tongues, and fellowship with the Lord, the easier, the easier it is for me to hear and see in the Spirit, to where it's just easy. You know, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll have tongues and interpretation tonight. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm believing God. You believe in with me? So um, we need to we need to be aware. The reason why I'm I'm, the Lord's having me kind of go down this path and encourage you this way is because those that come on Wednesday night are the ones that kind of hold the service Sunday morning. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the longer I've walked with the Lord, the more I've realized this. When I was a youth pastor. I knew if I had juniors and seniors that were real passionate for the Lord, we'd have good services because they would hold the sophomores, the freshmen, and the 7th and 8th graders. I didn't do 6th grade when I was, it wasn't part of our, our group. And I knew they'd, they'd carry the group. What do you mean hold them? They would raise the level of faith in the room. You know you can raise the level of faith in the room. I also knew this. There were times where it was just me and maybe a couple of leaders and sometimes just me that held the service. You say, what do you mean held the service? I showed up ready to go. Of course, I'm the one ministering, but I showed up ready to go and everybody else showed up with their entire week lodged in their brains. (laughs) 
And, and we have to, we have to, and that's what spiritual maturity does. Spiritual maturity, you know, you want to, you want a picture of spiritual maturity. And we read this uh, just a couple weeks ago concerning Jesus. After John the Baptist died, do you know John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin? Jesus went away to mourn. And in the midst of his mourning, people showed up with needs, and he set aside his mourning and went and met the needs. That's strong. Because a lot of people would be going, get him out of here. Don't they know my cousin just died? I need to grieve this out before I can do anything else. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. Ooh, it's fun. Spiritual maturity, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, my, fa my family comes first. I've heard this for so many years, okay? And I know there are ministries that have abused their own family for ministry. I get that. The Lord would never lead to do that. But Jesus was so in tune with his heavenly father that when his own family showed up to take him out of what he was doing in ministry, he said, this is my family right here, those who will do the will of God. Boy, I bet that sat real good with the rest of the, the, the bloodline. I know Jesus. We fish together. <laughs> you know? I bet that blessed Mary. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? That's spiritual maturity. Why? Spiritual maturity knows God. So it's not moved by all the natural things that, that we're moved by. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the less other things will move you. What is catastrophic to one person who's spiritually immature, they're a baby in Christ, just born again or really never fed on the word of God and never grew and developed because they never put it into practice. To a person who's uh, mature in the Lord, they will go, well, it's not that they just mock what the person's going through, but they recognize the insignificance of it in comparison to the God that they serve and who is their father. Because everything in this life, Paul said, compared to what's coming. It's, he said this, it's not even to be compared with the glory that will be revealed. But if, if you're trained spiritually from a soul or emotional level, that will bother you. But those that walk with the Lord, they'll go, okay. Those that walk with the Lord, the Lord say, I want you to... Uh, I want you to uh, put in your one-month notice because I'm going to put you in the ministry. And, the, and you say, but where, Lord? <laughs> but he said it, and you do it. When you walk with the Lord, you don't look at what you have in the natural as security. You look at him as security, and you understand that all of the natural is movable by him. Right? Because, do you, you know, uh, I like what Andrew Womack says. I've heard him, he was, I saw something the other day that he had made this statement. He said, I've been, because somebody was criticizing him about his teaching and what he taught. And he said, I've been criticized by a lot more important people than you. <laughs> Brother Hagin used to say it this way. I've been critici criticized by experts. These little spurts don't bother me a bit. <laughs> I like that one better. But I'm a little partial to Kenneth Hagin, so. It's just a matter of preference. They're both anointed. Amen? So uh, when you're, when the longer you walk with the Lord, the less you care. And it's not that you, and people think that's not loving. No, it's loving. You just don't get wrapped up in things that just don't matter. 
It's just not a big deal. And experts, professionals can declare things over you, but the master declared some things over you. So let them be expert, but just stay with the master. Amen? Stay with him. Concerning spiritual gifts, concerning development, concerning prayer for the church, concerning on Sundays when, when we get together and you're coming in, if you're letting the Lord lead you, you won't just come in with your prayer requests or always go to him with your prayer requests. If you're maturing spiritually, you're thinking about others, not yourself. And when you, once you get to that point, you will find that your stuff will just show up without even asking. Why? Because you're a conduit. It just comes through you. The Lord knows if he can get it to you and through you, you'll do what you're supposed to. He'll just keep getting it to you. Amen? You know, there are many, 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 many times, Heidi and I both, we've talked about this. We don't feel like going to church. And it's not because of any, it's just, we're just, it's, it is, this is really unfortunate but we are just like everybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, outside of what we do here, I got a whole house and home and all that stuff. Just like you. <laughs> Say, you know, and I found this to be true. Humans are pretty much the same everywhere. I mean, they're a little bit different shade of color in places, and, you know, we all got a little bit different, you know, makeup as far as, you know, height and weight and different things like that. But overall, when you get to the core, everybody's the same. They're pretty much the same. You know, people, marriages don't work or have problems in Russia just like they do here. Have you noticed other countries have political problems besides us? And if you follow the world's way and the world's way of doing things, you'll never grow spiritually. You just can't. You can't do it. They'll keep you so busy chasing your tail and things that will never be resolved that you'll end up going, what am I doing? You just got to follow the Lord. Walk with him. Be in, be in love with him. He'll get you all the way through. The Lord is so good at victory that his son actually died and the father pulled him straight out of hell. So everything that death has has already been defeated. <laughs> Our God's so good at victory, he already knows the way. He's already done it. He doesn't even have to do it again for you or me. It's already done. Amen? So if we follow that, and his word and his things, we're going to be in a good place every single time. And sometimes people go, you know, because things happen that we don't want them to go that way or something went a direction we didn't want it to go. But again, remember, we, if we're eternally minded, minded, you know, sometimes people say, you, uh, you know, uh, you lost your dad so many years ago. And I look at him and I say, I know exactly where he is. I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he's at. He's in heaven. Guess where I'm headed? 
Now, we thought we had high-heeled times. You know, people do this. Well, I didn't say I love you enough. Like, you're not going to have another chance. Come on. Think eternally. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to do, I didn't get to do, I didn't, you know, I could say, well, my dad didn't take me fishing enough. Do you think there's fishing in heaven? Yeah. <laughs> Shane's like, yes. <laughs> I mean, Jesus hired a few fishermen, so, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> right? You say, what are you doing? I'm talking the junk off your head. Literally, I don't even have to touch you. You'll learn this the longer you... You need to do this with your kids. Just speak. Just speak over the situation. Say it. What Joy was mentioning uh, when she opened up, just say it over the situation. Well, it doesn't feel like it. I know, just say it and say it again. And when, the devil, when, you, when, it, when all the pressure comes against you opposite, say it again. Why? And then let the joy of the Lord fill you and flow through you and continue to and fellowship with him. And as you do, it just it drives the devil nuts and his stuff nuts. You can just clear the air. You can clear the air with your faith. Don't let a cloud of doubt and unbelief sit in your house. Don't let a cloud of anger and bitterness sit in your house. Don't let it sit in your car. Have you ever noticed that unbelief and fear tries to travel with you? You know, you get in your car and you think, ooh, I got out of that environment. And then it seems like somebody got in the seat next to you. And all these thoughts start coming. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? You know, you're this age. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? You remember what so-and-so said about you? Remember how they looked at you? Remember what they said to you? I thought we were friends. Kick it out of your car. You're not an Uber for the devil. I made that one up. That's straight off the cuff. I didn't read that anywhere, you know. You should post it on Facebook, though. But give, give me the credit. <laughs> Maybe it'll go viral. All right. You're, in other words, his pay is terrible. It's death. Don't let him sit in your house. You Don't let him sit in your chairs. They're not his chairs. They're your chairs. If you want company, you invite the Holy Ghost. I mean, or at least praise him because he's there. Invite angels to come and sit in your chairs. Whatever, they can come. The rest, no, 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 no. We don't entertain false spirits and lying, deceiving, and rotten spirits. We kick them out. Some of you are letting them in through what you're watching, and you need to quit. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Well, what are you watching? What are you putting in? Okay? Be aware of that. Amen? And so the purpose here in understanding the gifts of the Spirit, now that you're warmed up, we can go. Okay. The purpose here of understanding the gifts of the Spirit is this, is that we want to function in them. And I've been encouraging you to read 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. 
This really, this teaching fulfills two things as far as our vision is concerned. And that is that we grow in our relationship with God through life in Christ. And that we discover, develop, and serve through life in Christ. When you're praying for those around you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you concerning those around you. Now, that doesn't mean you always need to say something. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. There may be seasons where it feels like you have more to share with people or encourage people with, and, and you don't have to be spooky about it either. Have you ever noticed sometimes people get spooky? You know, they, they're, I call them particle pickers. You say, what do you mean by that? <laughs> they, they just get like, woo, you know, like, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you don't have to do that. You can actually flow in the gifts of the Spirit in a conversation without somebody knowing. And you can ninja it. You get in, wham, and you're gone. And they're like, what just happened? I don't know, but I feel good. So, amen? You can do that. And the gifts of the Spirit are that way. The Lord isn't always, uh, doesn't always have to be demonstrative. Sometimes we get overly into our emotion and soul on things. It's not that he's against emotion, because he's not. Um, but sometimes we get too far over into the emotion and the soul side of it to where we feel it so strong that we, we get so... We begin, actually begin to talk about our feelings more than what God's doing by the anointing. And we got to be careful about that. And some of that happens, and that's why we've been spending time on prophecy like we have. And so I just want to review prophecy real quick, because I, I had some questions on kind of what I believe, and I, this is a brief synopsis here, okay? And you're not going to be able to write this down, so don't try. You'd be able to write this down if you go back and listen to everything we taught on it, because you'll be able to pause me, but I'm not pausable right now. So just listen, Okay. All right, prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. That's what it is in its simplest form. Prophecy is, is foretelling and foretelling. And this is a question that came to me. What's the difference? How many are confused sometimes by that statement? Foretelling and foretelling. Anybody? Okay, yeah, just a few of you. I was really confused by it. So if you're not raising your hand, you're smarter than me. All right, so foretelling, this is what I wrote concerning foretelling, is making or sharing something publicly. It's a public declaration. That's what forthtelling is. But specifically in the case of the simple gift of prophecy, it is speaking concerning the fin finished work of Christ, the resurrection graces, as I call them, for the purpose of edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what forthtelling is. So forthtelling has nothing to do with declaring the future unseen. Does that make sense? You're foretelling. Prophecy in its simplest form is you, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, declaring to someone publicly, in other words, openly, concerning a situation they're in, but you're using the resources of the word to empower, to edify, to encourage them. This could happen in preaching. It does. In teaching. It happens in, if you listen carefully, even if you go back, go back and listen to Doug Jones uh, over the last two services that he did, just listen to him and you'll hear prophecy all the way through at different times. He'll hit something. He'll get on. So, you know, sometimes people think, why, why has he got to talk about money? Why has he got to talk about the, the uh, uh, speaking to the mountain? Why has he got to talk about this? Why has he got to talk about marriage? Why has he got to talk about, hello, it's the Holy Ghost. He's trying to get your attention. What does that mean? He is what? Forth telling. He's prophesying. 
He's speaking by divine utterance. What does that mean? That means if I get up here, and I've been doing this the whole time, really preaching is that way to a degree. But what, what, we, what you do is you yield to the Spirit of God, and whoa, here come these words up out of your spirit. That's why praying in tongues is such a big deal if you want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. We're foretelling. Foretelling is this. It has to do with sharing future events. This portion of prophecy functions stronger in the office of the prophet, but is still present in measures in all aspects of prophecy. There's always something of a foretelling, or a foretelling, something that touches in the future. It just will. It'll always be present there. What we get into trouble at times is when people try to constantly foretell the future. Do you know there are fortune tellers? They're going to predict this, predict that, predict the other, predict, 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 predict. And if we get into, the, into prophecy and it starts to get out of balance, you'll see where it starts becoming just almost, it just gets weird. And we got to watch out for that. You know you're getting out of balance when you're constantly, and I said this before and I'm going to say it again, and I know it's going to just, you know, you know bother some people, but I'm just going to say it anyway. If all of your leading comes by an email from a prophet for your life, you're missing God. If that's all you feed on are prophecies from prophets, you're starving spiritually. You need the word in you. You need the word. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. The same spirit that's in the prophet is in us. I was uh, Mary Mudrow messaged me because we have Tuesday prayer here at 10 a.m. And we, we pray in other tongues. We pray in the Spirit. And we'll get over into the Spirit. And we'll speak things out in English. And, we'll, and the Lord shows us things. He, he gives visions to some. He gives, you know, we, all these things happen right in this, in this prayer group that we have. And she messaged me and she said, she said uh, what is it called? Give him 15. That's Dutch sheets, right? She said, it sounds like a lot like our prayer session yesterday. She messaged me that today. And I said, praise the Lord, same Holy Ghost. So I love Dutch sheets. I said, praise God, we're running with the generals in the faith. But even if I didn't have Dutch sheets, I got Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen? Do you? See, you can be led. So I agree with prophet, but let's not get out of balance. The prophet of the New Testament is not the same as the prophet of the Old. Amen. <laughs> in, the, in the Old Testament, they had to seek the prophet because not everybody had the Spirit of God. But what was God's original des- design for the children of Israel? He wanted to make the nation priests and kings. Glory to God. Amen. So the gift of of prophecy and and the prophetic, it is supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit. In the context of Scripture, Jesus, Jesus is both the theme as well as the completeness of the prophetic word. In the New Testament gift of prophecy, it always has its reference in the finished work of the cross. More so than in the predicting of future events. That doesn't say it doesn't predict future events. Just more so it's there. 
The purpose of prophecy, just like it with every other gift of the Spirit, is to encourage, to edify the church with, with the success of the cross as its reference. While knowledge about future happenings is exciting and also strategic, if it does not celebrate the finished work of Christ at its point of reference, it becomes a distraction. The value of prophecy in the church when it comes to from the resources of the resurrected Christ is it helps the believers stay persuaded about who they are in Christ. It helps them to deal with future events with the understanding of grace. Well, there's a prophetic word over this year that it will be actually... It's not going to get any better. Did you know that? Jerry Savelle prophesied that. It's not going to get any better. But he also prophesied with that that it's the open hand of God. And that those who would believe God, God would see them through with great victory. You know, it's one thing if everything's going right and you prosper. It's another thing if everything's going wrong and you still prosper. Now that looks like faith. You know, this is why at sometimes with when it comes to financial things concerning like some of the main Christian financial teachers in an area, and I'm not going to name a name, you'll come up with it in your own head. It bothers me the way they teach some things concerning really every area of our life because the way they teach certain things, the world can do it. So how is it a witness that I can add and subtract and choose to make to save more than to, and, and spend less? The world can do that. But if I give a seed that makes no sense and I get a harvest that makes no sense, then the world has to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now I can add and subtract, but I don't know what that was. It has to be supernatural. It has to be at a higher level. Amen? It has to be at a different level. Prophecy is such a powerful thing. We must not despise prophecies because uh, mistakes have been made or, it's been, uh, or the office has been misused or, or abused. Simple prophecy or the office of the prophet. There, this prophecy is not a, and prophets are not a supplement for the leading of the Holy Spirit in your own life. Prophecy helps give context to future events so that we know ahead of time how we are to apply the promises. We wage good warfare with prophecies. We do not feed on prophecies. We feed on the word. Amen. Prophecy reveals the secrets of people's hearts for the purpose of repentance. That's in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25. And then lastly, we said this. We must honestly, genuinely test all prophecies and those who stand in the prophetic offices. Well, they're a, they're a prophet. I honor that office, and I'm not going to just judge them. Yes, you are, if you honor the office. See, we get into, we've gotten muddled in some of these things. I didn't say you had to criticize them. I didn't say you had to condemn them. I didn't say you had to be mean-spirited. But you do need to genuinely go, okay, Lord, where? Is it here? Show me. I need to know about this. Amen? You and I both do. I don't care who prophesies. It doesn't matter to me. You know, people have said to me, you know, well, we just shouldn't miss it. That's cute. I actually heard Jesse DePlanis say that one time. Well, just don't miss it. I'm thinking, okay, I understand where you're going, and I'm with you to a degree. But, but Paul clearly said we prophesy in part. The other side of it is, is that we are three-part beings and we have flesh. 
There was a reason why Brother Hagin said over and over again, I, I'm, a, I'm a man, I could miss it, you go with what you got. Now, we don't want to hear, you know, we actually put more trust in things, especially the more a person can, is used in the things of God or something dynamic or spectacular or dead on happens through them. People put more trust in a person or in a mantle on a person than they do the Lord in their own life. And I realize why. It's not because they're evil. A lot of times they just don't know or they haven't taken the time to know. You know what I mean by that? And I'm all for not missing it. I totally, I mean, Jesus did not miss it once, and that is the goal. That's what we're shooting for. But hello, I ain't there yet, are you? And I, I honestly haven't met a lot of people that aren't still growing. I haven't met anybody that isn't still growing, you know? And so I get it. I understand it. I understand where we're coming from as far as wanting to walk with the Lord in these places. And I do believe that there should be a very strong drive that direction and continued motivation toward knowing the Spirit of God that way and walking in intimacy with Him. But every Every person has missed it somewhere, somehow. Brother Hagin used to make a statement about walking in love. He said, I used to think I'd get there. And he'd say, um, and I'd be going along pretty good. And he said, then something happened and knocked my head where my feet were just a few seconds ago. And I realized I still got a little bit more growing to do. He thought he got it 100%. And then, whoop, nope. Not that we're condemning because we're not. It's just we got to be careful that we don't get legalistic. So that's what I believe on prophecy. Let's go to diverse kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 10 says this, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of the spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. Verse number 28 in 1 Corinthians 12 says this, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, first apostle, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues or different kinds of tongues is this. Different kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker. Not understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. Other tongues, or as we know it, glossolalia, that's the, that's the uh, Greek word. But other tongues is utterance in an unknown language. By the speaker and by the hearer often, not always. We're going to look at this. But this is the gift of diverse tongues or different kinds of tongues. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15 is what we know as part of or one of the Great Commission uh, recordings, recordings by Jesus. And verse number 15, Jesus said this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with what? New tongues. Here's tongues. This is tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So there, when it comes to diverse tongues, diverse tongues is a public gift. 
Now, there is a public gift of tongues, and there is a private gift of tongues. And I don't know that we'll get into the private side as much on tongues, but for the, pub, for the purpose of the public gift right now, we see from Mark 16, verse 17, that tongues is mentioned. We see 1 Corinthians 12, 10, that other kinds of tongues or different kinds of tongues is mentioned. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, varieties of tongues is mentioned. And so what do I currently have? Three witnesses. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be what? Established. All right? So there are different kinds of tongues, different kinds of tongues, or diverse kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 22, I want to show you this right here. It says this, verse number 22, 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 22, it says, Therefore, tongues are, a, are for a sign, not to those who believe, you see that, but to what are tongues a sign for? Oh, I'm, some people are already confused. But don't worry, we'll untangle you shortly. I thought Paul said, no, 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 you don't speak in tongues in a big group. Because the unbelievers will come in and call you what? Woohoo! This is what we did in grade school for crazy. So we did it like this. <laughs> I did this to my siblings. I really beat them up with that. Okay, so. <laughs> Come on, how many did that? You did, yeah, see, I knew it. You know? It's like, it was cool then. Okay, so. Tongues are a sign for who? Unbelievers. Unbelievers? The Passion Translation says this. So then tongues are not a sign for believers, but a miracle for unbelievers. In the mirror, it says this, in a certain sense, tongues are also a prophetic sign pointing towards the revelation of Christ. Thus, unbelievers are, are brought to faith. The Bible in basic English says it this way, for this reason, tongues are for a sign, not to those who have faith, but to those who have not. Well, I thought they weren't. I thought they confused people that didn't know the Lord. Let's look at this, okay? Specifically... To the Jews, this was a call to repentance or judgment as demonstrated in Acts chapter 2. Here is why. It was prophesied in Isaiah that this would be a sign to the people who would not listen. Isaiah 28 verse 9 through 13. As we will read in Acts chapter 2, some who heard and saw the sign mocked. And said what? They were drunk and some stuck around, heard the gospel preached, and they repented and received Christ. There are three signs given to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ from the prophet Isaiah. One was the virgin birth, and that's in Isaiah 7.14. Another was the crucifixion, and that's in Isaiah 53. We all know those, right? And the second was tongues, and that's in Isaiah 28, verse 9 through 13. It was a sign to them. Speaking in tongues is a sign to unbelievers in 1 Corinthians 14, 22. The words of praise on the lips of the disciples serve as a sign of judgment to unbelievers. Isn't that interesting? In the Jewish, you had a group of Jews 
speaking out in other tongues, declaring the glory and praises of God in Christ, and you have another group of Jews listening, and some were mocking and not believing, and others later repented because of the preaching of the gospel. In other words, it was a sign to what? Unbelievers. Now, this specific diverse kind of tongue right here mentioned is someone hearing you speak in a language you do not know, but it is their native birth language. It's a sign to what? An unbeliever. I remember hearing a testimony. uh, I heard Jack Hayford say it, and I think I also read it in his book, but he actually, the Lord had him speak in other tongues to a Native American, I think he was a chief or something like that on an airplane. And his daughter was sitting next to him, and the, the, this uh, Native American could, couldn't, couldn't speak English. And, and, and she said, do you know what you just said? And he goes, no, I just you know, spoke out in tongues. And she said, you spoke in his native tongue. Isn't that interesting? Just recently, I heard Jesse Duplantis share. This was probably maybe, well, this might have been a year ago. But he was on an elevator with one of his uh, ministry partners from China. And the Lord said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. And he spoke perfect Chinese to her. Takes faith, right? Speaking in tongues is a means by which the Holy Spirit convicts the Jews for their act of crucifying Jesus and and for their unbelief. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, let's look at it and we'll wrap up here. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what? Speak with other tongues. Verse 5 says, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because what? Everyone heard them speak in his what? Own language. This was not tongues with interpretation. Now, there is a tongues with interpretation. You know, some people are like, well, you know, they try and relegate tongues down to this narrow little thing. I think there's a whole lot we just don't know yet. This was speaking out in another tongue, and they heard their own language. And look at this. It says in verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then they go through all the languages. And then down in verse 11, it says, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. What is this a sign up to? Who is this a sign to? Unbelievers. Now, the assembly of God taught me that, that God did this so that you could preach the gospel to people that you didn't know the language. That's not what happened. Because did Peter preach the gospel in an unknown tongue? No. He preached the gospel later in the chapter in the known tongue, which was basic Greek in that day. There was a common Greek that everybody spoke. And he preached the gospel, and then they heard the gospel, and many repented. But still there were others that did what? Mocked. Those who didn't believe the virgin birth. This is specifically Jews, you do realize. But do you know that could happen today just as much as it happened then? 
I could speak to somebody in an unknown tongue by the diverse gift of tongues, by this gift of other tongues assigned to an unbeliever. I could speak to them and they could go, what in the world is wrong with that guy? Or they could say, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in what you're saying. I don't want anything to do with that. And it would be a sign to them. If I declare the gospel to somebody and they receive it, it becomes what to them? Salvation. If I declare the gospel to somebody and they reject it, it becomes what to them? Condemnation. Why would this be any different just because it's an unknown tongue? It wouldn't be any different. Now, the gospel still has to be spoke. It has to be preached out. But what are they doing? They're rejecting a miraculous sign from God, declaring that he is the Lord of the universe, that he is the ruler of all, and they're receiving something else instead. You realize that, right? And so this is part of what tongues is for. I heard another testimony about a gentleman. This was down when I was down at Bible college. But uh, I heard a testimony of a gentleman who got up and he actually, somebody actually stood up in, the, in a service at, at a church and spoke out in a language. And after the, there was no interpretation given. And they just went on with the service. And then after the service was over, a gentleman came up to the preacher and he said, Why was that man talking to me in my native tongue? He didn't even know what he was saying. He just had a, com- a compelling to do that. A knowing on the inside. What is this? This is diverse kinds of tongues. And sometimes people, you'll hear this and you can almost hear people think, well, I'm never going to do that. Well, you won't be bothered with it if you hold that attitude. But I will say this, I'm not saying you have to do it now, but you should be growing in your relationship with the Lord, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to where you're getting to closer and closer to this point of, yep, Lord, whatever you want. Do you know that the Lord has had me give tongues and interpretation over ministers that are older than me, that I admire, that I look up to, that I'm like, yo, teach me something, man. I need to know how to get through this, and yet I'm delivering a prophetic word or a tongue and interpretation to them? Do you know that takes faith? If you don't, you haven't done it yet. (laughs) But I encourage you to be strong in your relationship with the Lord. Understand what this is in diverse tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost while you're at home. Get to know the Lord. And as you do, as you grow in the Word and grow in the Spirit and understand. I mean, actually, I've watched... Uh, we just did a, we did the book on the Holy Spirit for men's a while back, and then uh, we gave the to all of our prayer group. We gave the book by Brother Hagen called Tongues Beyond the Upper Room, and uh, and we've given more than that away. And people are reading it and stuff like that. But I've watched Dale go g- grow leaps and bounds. I mean, vo- vocalize things that, and you were raised Lutheran. And you told me you struggled with the tongues thing more than anything. And yet he, <laughs> the Lutheran pastor, the former Lutheran pastor, chuckles. <laughs> yeah, last time I went to a Lutheran service, there wasn't a lot of tongues. <laughs> it's all right. But the more you grow in it, the easier it gets. You just learn to function on another side. Not on the natural, on the spiritual. 
You just get over in. Amen? You get over in. You get it. Joy. Where's Joy? Is Joy here? Yeah, get on this keyboard. I'm going to do this right now. Come on, get over in. Go ahead and stand up. That's enough. You, you heard enough. I really encourage you to buy this book. It's called Concerning Spiritual Gifts by Kenneth E. Hagan. You need to buy this book, all right? Concerning Spiritual Gifts by Kenneth E. Hagan. I'm going to tongue and interpret. I just know I can do this. Now, if you've not heard public tongues before, don't freak out. If you're online and you're watching and you're like, I don't know, don't turn it off. Leave it on. The Lord will confirm it. Listen, I, it, you, people have asked me, and you can almost feel it. Now, I'm not going to call you up, so don't bother. Don't, don't get nervous, in other words. <laughs> okay? Don't get scared. God's not You ask God for a loaf of bread, he ain't giving you a scorpion. He said that concerning the Holy Ghost. He's not going to give you a rock. God's not a jerk. You know, some people have been taught by religion that God's a jerk. Like he's like, oh, you want some bread? Oh, watch this, guys. I'm going to give him a stone. That's not God. He doesn't do that. Amen? Wanda. Wanda got filled with the Spirit. Well, how long ago now? A year, two years ago? Yeah, and you were raised Lutheran? Yeah, see? We can get Lutherans filled with the Holy Ghost around here, man. I'm telling you what. <laughs> Have, has Wanda, has praying in other tongues been a blessing to you? Yeah. I mean, you've shared things with me. I remember it was so sweet. She said to me, after she first got filled with the Spirit, she said, uh, do you think I can pray in tongues too much? Like it might bother God, you know what I mean? <laughs> nope. He doesn't mind. It doesn't bother him a bit. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it, he's not like in heaven. He, it blesses him. Now imagine praying a perfect prayer, like you can't screw it up. How are you going to screw up? You, you say, what, what? how do you know it isn't screwed up? Because your noodle's not involved. It all comes out of the masedeforo reseya. Elabaya zavesto kusaya. It's a mando brosto. Avaya gesto. Eveste vire. Evela la mondo kosadev rabanzakere. It's a well of living water coming up. It springs forth. Come on, how many feel that? You just, whoa, I could get way over right now. I'm used to it. I've, I've done for the last year and a half and, and even longer what, uh, what Leanne told us to do. When I step over, I step over quick. And it, and it takes time. You have to develop it. I'm not saying I never go back to my natural mind. I still brush my teeth. You know? I'm not weird about it in the sense of, you know, I had somebody, I heard somebody say one time, they shared a testimony about this man of God, which he really was a man of God, but he was supposedly so far over in the spirit that he picked up the phone book to make a phone call. No, 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 that's not over in the spirit. You, you, the spirit doesn't make you function worse in the natural. He, he empowers, he strengthens, he gives, he buoys you up. Amen? So I just did a little bit of it. Now I'm going to do a lot of it. You, are, you, you ready? Okay. 
I shouldn't say a lot. I'll just go a little bit deeper here, and you just hook up with me, okay? I'm not going to make this a public thing where everybody comes up. I know you all, many of you could get something and have something quick, and I know that, and speak out from your spirit, but I just want to demonstrate this because I want you to see how simple it is, and it has always started with me. It started with me from the moment I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. That's when it happened. And if you want that afterwards, I'll have you come up and I'll pray for you. If you've never prayed in other tongues. Are you okay with a little demonstration here? It's only 8.06. You're doing fine. If you really got to go, I guess you can go. But you might miss a miracle. So I don't suggest it. Amen? Watch this now. Here we come. Passe. Avando brestida fafazu borende. Andembelo. Yeah, yeah. It's equal to prophecy. Tongues with interpretation. Tongues with interpretation. Brestodo, a diverse kind of tongue. Mero sobazde badavremende kezembro do. And many are questioning. You're questioning. You're wondering. What about this? What about that? What about my future? And then my zabozadefribishtiekabaya. And you stick with the Lord. Stick with the Lord. Because there's a blessing. Oh, there's a breakthrough. There's an outpouring. There is great things ahead for you. Alamando boncho. No, it's not short. It's not a short time. It's a, it's a, it's a, you got to walk it out. You are going to have to walk this out for many years to come. For many years to come. So do this. Do this. Pray in the spirit. And allow me to speak and show you things to come. And plan accordingly. As if it were many years away. Many years away that you will meet with me in the spirit. But not now. You're going to live on. Live on. Live on. Bristo bradande. Edivisio brocosto famines. And divisto savade. And the enemy, the enemy is trying. He's trying to cloud your thinking. He's trying to get you to think along certain lines. Uh, 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 he's trying to get you to imagine and think on stealing, killing, and destroying. But you must speak to him. Speak to him. Declare out of your mouth in the name of Jesus. The promises of God are coming to pass in my life, devil. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I submit to the word. I submit to God and I resist you in Jesus' name. And even Boso, yeah, those things in the world, those things that are going on. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew the Lord knew, He knew, He knew. So there is available a great grace for those who will humble themselves, who will submit to his word and to his spirit, who will obey and yield to him.
And if hombre dance to bro manain to get it or to drosto. And I, I see this in the spirit. I see it while others in the world are walking. And it's like they're walking and even other believers are walking in this deep, thick drag of mud of the earth. It'll be like you sail right on by. Right on through. Don't even worry. Don't even think about it. Don't even bother with it. Just go through your day and praise. 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 Luke, can I lay hands on you? Can I lay hands on Luke? Luke Anderson, can I just lay hands on you? I need one usher. You're it, Rayson. You're it. I tag you. I just want to lay hands on you. Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release that healing anointing. Yeah, that was fun. Alabasho brodo, edijagamande bere dose, esevidi eshenamona. Who has a mind? You got a mind torment thing going on. You got something stuck in your mind. Tony, is that you? Tony, come up here. Is there anybody else? It's, I have a Borishiket and I in this CDA. Efesho vorema sedendo broso, bronde vende gendendro boste sifidis. Sefendo, 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 it's sefendo. It's offense, it's offense, it's offense. Well, barjo, you're going to have to just deal with that one, I guess. Get that out, mendo broso, because it's affecting how you're seeing things. You're not seeing it right. You're not seeing it right. Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the healing anointing. Leave the mind. Peace be still. There it is right there. That's it. Boshe. Alamendon groste faradizi. Faradon bregeste favanende. And an angel broste fede devribikie. Alamando bonse esevando. Nombre. No, don't think. Don't think. Don't think, oh, the preacher can do that. The preacher can do that. No, no. This is for each and every one of you. I hear the Spirit of God saying, do not discount what I've accounted to you. Do not discount in your own mind what I've... Just because you don't do it the way I do it, just because you don't say it the way I say it, that doesn't matter. The Lord says there's an open door to everyone who will step over into the Spirit and come and be a part of what He is doing and see the unseen, just as the patriarchs of old, just as those who were wandering through, living in this world in a tent. You can wander through this world and live knowing that you are headed to a city whose builder and maker, the foundation of that place, is built by God Himself. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at how quickly you rise. At how quickly. Marty, I'm going to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Racing, come here. Tag, you're it. Just lift your hands. Don't be surprised at how quickly you see. <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
Ramastose, avava na mande, e peco divise brendejo broso, o jembrez de vexiste vremenda bambadesco, ola se zembrembendeste que shivra batedea. You'll rise up above it, you'll rise up above it, you'll see up above, up above, way, yep, way up there, yep, yep, just right out of it, pulled out of it. Menge, menge que ouro estifeiras, e vela no monde beija a bolsa para dar para o ouro. Oh, mais evores queridos. It's that prophetic. Yeah, yep, I remember him saying that to me. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Mas que ele base, base, base o ouro sempre. Oh, I just hear the Lord. He wants you, us to say this. Say, Lord, I'm willing. Take, I'll step over. I'll go places with you. You can use me everywhere I go, with every part. <laughs> We're available, Lord. Oh, to, yeah. To see, to know, to hear. To see, to know. Say it with me. Say, I see, I know, I hear. Say it again. I see, I know, I hear. Lord, we're your sheep. You're our shepherd. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't want to quit, but I got mostly just don't want to leave this spot. Jennifer Buller, can I pray for you, please? Just this is representative, race integrity. Manda brofa dandenzo boro sikira brande. Nanjo brosta natives, natives, the natives, beresoro. Alalanebo sisi, fire of God in them. Oh, hi, mande. Enagando, edigezdo, faesto me este esa maya. Evero mai, mines. And a livery did Asia Bramonga de Menelevii, a shenno mines of Endacomb, and a minde, very, 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 very robust of Sistisa Canai and the Bella Dome. Just wait for what's coming. Because it is coming. And it also tells those tribes, those tribes, it's going to hit those tribes. It's going to hit those tribes. Ela maze bedev roboste. Baeva, 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 dendo gombre deesh. Elevrizi vidembro costo combre verdobre. Elevrange to do vridisti kisira mandro dosto. Lamendo brendo break forth, break forth in the boste stavamanonge de frepestizo zunzu. Zuste, zuste murata frabo doske de levre. End of mind. Okay, yeah, presto. Okay, or sheteva, manda. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for this service. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your anointing <laughs> that sets people free. Those burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.